welcome back to another Podmas episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. We're on episode two of Podmas 2021. Let's get into this topic here. First of all, Sex in the City is back. Sex in the City is back. And it is called And Just Like That. And I just want to add on to that title and say, And Just Like That, I'm Disappointed. Okay, and just like that, I wondered to myself, what the fuck? And just like that, I thought this was going to be an exciting premiere, but God said no. And just like that. Right. Um, If you know, you know, and this is going to be a spoiler alert. <laughs> just making it very clear. If you haven't watched and just like that and would like to watch it, maybe pause this episode and go ahead and stream the first two episodes of And Just Like That. It's on HBO Max. I, like, there's so much here that I don't even know where to begin. I really don't know where to begin. First off, Big is dead. Big is fucking dead. And I want to know who in the writing room, who in the writer's room, who thought that was a good idea who thought that was a good idea we waited 17 years from the end of the series and a few years from the last sex in the movie um sex in the city movie to finally see carrie and big being together more and more in their life of marriage and you mean to tell me he just died from a peloton ride now, why was he even on a Peloton bike in the first place, knowing that he had a heart condition? And if you guys remember from the series, there was a, I forgot which season, which season it was. Uh, Big had a mini heart attack, actually. It was a mini heart attack. He, stopped, he survived at that time. And um, he had a heart condition that he just had to now deal with that was diagnosed after that heart attack from that season of Sex and the City. And um, my thing is, I had to remember about that detail. So why are you going OD hard on a Peloton bike knowing that may exacerbate your heart condition? So I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm looking back. I haven't rewatched the first two episodes of And Just Like That. Because I'm the type of person, like, I don't like to rewatch things. I don't like to reread things. Like, I, I watched it. I read it. It's done. Let's move on to the next. I don't really care to rewatch something. Um, I, got, I gathered what I need to gather. And what I am remembering from the first episode is that uh, there were moments when Big would just stare at Carrie. And it was like he knew the end was coming. And that's what that's what people say when you're about to die, whether it's because, you know, it, you're on the hospital bed and you already saw the light and you're uh, finally approaching the light. Right. Um, or you could just be in your home. Right. In the comfort of your home. You're sharing your home with your family members. And you just know, I think there's like a spirit about that. Like God just tells you like, all right, these are your final moments type of thing. And your body just, your spirit just knows. And I feel like in this case with Big, 
I think he knew his end was near. And so the moments when he was looking at Carrie just just long in the eyes, I think he knew. I think he knew. And that brings me sadness just thinking about it. I know this is the fucking character, but it's just so big to it's so big to me. <laughs> Pun intended. It's big to me because I think about all that they've been through. I think about just like all of the moments of happiness that were stolen from them. Um, all of just everything, like from from the series to the first movie when he left her at the altar to previous points in the series when he suddenly switched up on her would be wishy-washy on her will suddenly disappear play a disappearing act on her speaking of disappearing act i love that movie hello is my mic on disappearing act featuring um wesley snipes and sanaa lathan that movie is toxic as hell but i love it i love it i think uh i remember watching it when i was younger and i loved it i just love i just you know i just love seeing black people on the screen and i always loved wesley snipes since uh new jack city and there's another movie that i, I loved him in but i just love that oh i love him and i love sonal lathan uh so seeing them together in this love love story that is definitely toxic was just so fascinating to watch I wonder if I watch it now in 2021, <laughs> would I feel like, ooh, like super cringe? But I think I would because I think about just moments from that movie when he was super, uh, what is it, like manipulative and gaslighting and borderline abusive in some ways and how he just showed up at her house without her permission. <laughs> like, uh, this is scary. <laughs> And then, actually, a spoiler alert, in case you haven't seen Dis Disappearing Acts, please go watch it. It's a really good black movie. Um, there's a moment in that movie when Wesley Snipe, so he was actually one of the construction guys building her apartment prior to when she finally signed off on it. And so they met like that. How she was looking into the apartment and going through the open house, she or how she was moving in. And the apartment was getting finish t finishing touches. She met him as he was working on the apartment. And he hollered at her. And it uh, just developed from there. But it, that's already unprofessional, right? That's already actually very inappropriate. You cannot be at your job, literally at your job, and you're speaking to me in a way that is not professional and that's sexual. And he's looking at her up and, oh, my God, that shows that movie is actually very, <laughs> very toxic. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there was one scene when uh, they were, like, just starting off and they're dating. And uh, she was mad at him. And this was before cell phones was a thing. Um, and she was mad at him. And she didn't want to talk to him. But he st was still relentless and wanted to see her. So he approaches her. No, he didn't approach her. He waited at her doorsteps. And this was in New York. So he waited at her, like, her steps um, prior to her walking up to the brownstone. And he's sitting at her steps. And she's walking home. And she finally arrives to her house. And she sees this nigga 
on her doorstep. Like, that is terrifying. <laughs> I know we're dating, but, like, nigga, hold up. Hold up. What if, you know, sometimes people could just switch up on you and suddenly, you know, with Wesley Snipes, he has that eye, that tick about him. Like, he is a, an amazing actor. I, don't, I just love his acting. He's an amazing actor. And, you know, this one scene where he could be very, very romantic or just, like, sexy with it, yet he could just, like, suddenly switch up on you and have a crazy eye, you know, crazy eye look. Anyway, let's uh, get back to it. So I, I mentioned that because <laughs> the name of that movie is called Disappearing Act. And Big from Sex in the City, from And Just Like That, he always played a disappearing act on Carrie always and the fact that he finally is disappeared right the fact that he finally died which sucked it just also re-emphasizes all of the times he left her all the times he left her hanging all the times he did not reciprocate he manipulated her emotionally and just treated her like shit and yet she still was down for him you know what's so interesting again watching sex and city today versus watching it when i was younger is totally different i you know we used to idolize and i'm saying we because i know many people who watch sex and the city used to idolize and really fantasize about the relationship carrie had with big like it was this sexy Ooh, like this is the love that I want. Big is so handsome. I want a big in my life. And when you really look at their relationship, he was a fucking asshole. And for her to, for him to leave her at the altar from the first Sex in the City movie, it really solidified how much of an asshole he was. And for them to still get back together and her, like, look, Carrie isn't perfect at all, but big, like the whole, their whole relationship was horrible. And so to think about all the times that I and many others fantasized about that relationship to finally realizing and pulling the wool from our eyes at how horrible that relationship was is actually hilarious. Like this, we got bamboozled. Let's get back to the show. So, and just like that is again, it's a new chapter of Sex in the City and uh, we know that Samantha Jones is no longer on the show uh, played by Kim Cattrall and she was the fourth member of the girl squad she was the the overly sexual one the one who had multiple partners the one who was fabulous and just really got it going on um she behind the scenes her and Carrie her and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker didn't get along they did not have a great relationship and so it eventually propelled into her not wanting to renew the show or renew her um, role. So they had to find some way to write off Samantha Jones. And I feel like the way that they did it was just so shady. They made it seem like Samantha Jones was all about the money. And as soon as she was dropped by Carrie from being her agent, uh, you know, her character was Carrie's agent for a while and Carrie decided to drop her because she didn't she no longer needed her and as soon as that happened Samantha Jones just switched up on her and was mad at her and left New York and moved to London and my thing is they made it seem like Samantha Jones needed Carrie to to really be successful first of all Samantha Jones 
always had banks. She always was just like overflowing with clients. She was always fabulous in her way. So for them to make it seem like Samantha Jones was, and you have to say Samantha Jones. You can't just say Samantha. You got to say Samantha Jones. So that's what I'm saying, Samantha Jones. <laughs> but for the writers of the show, make it seem like Samantha Jones was this just like shitty friend who only cared about the money when in all actuality, Samantha Jones was the down ass friend you everyone needs. Okay, Samantha Jones did not judge Carrie when Carrie uh, decided to still see big even while he was married to someone else. Uh, Samantha Jones did not judge any one of them when they had their strange sexual escapades. Samantha Jones was down for whatever. She's our ride or die friend. And for them to write her off like that is very insulting. And I feel like if I was Kim Cattrall, don't ever say my name. Don't ever say my don't ever say my character's name. This is my character. I don't know. I'll, I'll I could find some lawyer that could help with me help me with that case because that's so fucked up how they did her, and then make it seem like uh, Samantha Jones just is so petty that she can't return any of Carrie's messages. And you see on Carrie's phone that. She is the only one texting Samantha Jones and she's being the good friend by reaching out to her, by apologizing, by checking in on her while Samantha Jones isn't saying shit. Like, cut it out. Cut it out. Anyway, so I hated how they uh, wrote her off. Another thing about the writing. Now, I already had a strong feeling that there was going to be some woke bullshit going on with this season, with this new enterprise of Sex and the City. I just didn't realize how cringy as fuck it was going to be. And my God, it's cringy. Now, it's weird because back then when Sex and the City was its own series, it was already cringy as far as it was a, a big milestone for women to have four women on the screen who was out and open about their sexual escapades and, you know, non-committal. And it was really big for the feminist movement and all that. Yet now it's cringy because you have all of this extra political woke shit. Now, there's a couple of scenes I want to get into. There's a scene when Carrie is now featured on a podcast because, you know, with Carrie, she had a career of being a columnist and she wrote for a, a newspaper and she was when you write for a newspaper you know you don't see you can't really hear that person that the writer gets to hide behind a pseudonym um gets to just hide behind a name and you don't even have to include your photo next to your column like you could just hide behind your column now with the podcast though it's a little bit more intimate you know you're hearing the the person's voice you're connecting with them every week or twice a week so it's definitely different so now you see Carrie evolving into the times that is today of a podcast which is great but what I don't like about this podcast is that it's so it's so like full of shit it's so full of shit so the host of that podcast is this non-binary multiple pronoun woman or I can't even say woman just person a human being and she's uh I can't even say she this person is wearing a stereotypical non-binary liberal Austin ass haircut <laughs> and if you know you know there's a lot of like liberal democratic woke shit haircut that white girls wear 
and um, I'm surprised she didn't she didn't uh, dye her hair blue. But it's a black haircut, and it's like half is shaved off, and it's a short haircut. It's just dumb. Like, what are you doing? But anyway, so that's her look, and she starts off the podcast by saying, and this is your host, Shay, the non-binary, um, cis-hetero, I don't know, but some bullshit. So she definitely says non-binary, and we're seeing more of, okay, I see where y'all going. I, I see what time we're on. Got it. So we see her starting off the podcast like that. And she's going into super raunchy details of sexual escapades. She has another guest on the show with Carrie, who is a comedian. And she's a comedian as well. And um, this uh, other guest, his his name is actually, uh, he's an actual comedian in real life. His name is Bobby Lee, Asian guy, hence the name, right? Um, but he's a comedian. And I think he actually plays his, his real character because he's a comedian on the show too. So he's uh he's he's playing the cis hetero male perspective on the show and they literally say that right so I'm saying this because they're saying that I'm, I don't I don't fall for the whole dumb shit cis hetero are you a man or not what's going on and Carrie plays the cis feminine role uh cis hetero feminine role on the show so she is supposed to give her genuine and honest um, just journey of being a, a sexual woman or just a woman who has sexual experiences with men, she's supposed to give her take on that. And Carrie's uncomfortable with doing that. And we, if you know Carrie from all these, from all the years of knowing her from Sex in the City, she was always pretty uh, private about her sexual escapades. She was the only one from the show, actually. And I think I want to say Charlotte, too, who did not, uh, film naked. She did not want to film naked. They did not. Uh, they didn't show her boobs at all. While the other characters showed their show their stuff, right? So Carrie was definitely like demure with it, and she would share a little bit, but she did it in a classy way. And now on this podcast in 2021, she is forced and actually shamed for not being as open about her sexual escapades as they want her to be. And I just hate that. Like we live in a day and age where who you are naturally is shamed and who you're supposed to be right. According to this new standard of, well, no, don't just say you're a woman. Tell me your, your pronouns. Like, we're forced to now do these extra things to meet this agenda. And if you choose not to do that, then you're shamed. Then you're called some type of phobic, whether it's transphobic, genderphobic, whatever, some bullshit. And I just feel like that's so unfair. So that's one thing. Um, in the show, so this show is based in New York City. And Carrie from Sex in the City actually was always hailing for cabs and she will always immediately get a cab the cab will immediately stop for her now in this show and just like that Carrie goes out of the building and she puts her hands up her hand up for the cab and the cab didn't stop the cab kept driving off and she notices this and she just you know she just shrugged her shoulders and continued walking the sidewalk i guess she's just going to figure out another way to get home and this was a pivotal moment because they really paused to focus on that 
And this really tells us, okay, white privilege is no longer existent here. And white women don't have the privilege of coming out the building and easily getting a cab anymore. They're really trying to tell us white privilege doesn't exist on this show anymore. Which, okay, sure, I get it. But I also am not here for the political woke shit. Like, let her get a fucking cab, right? (laughs) I don't know. I just... Like, it was so detailed. All of this, like, propaganda and this new agenda being pushed was shown in so many details in this uh, episode. So that was one. Uh, There was one one part when Miranda, she showed her ID as she was getting into the school building because she's uh, looking to – she's studying to get another degree. And um, she's walking through – she's about to walk through the security point. And uh, she only she showed her ID, but the security guard barely even looked at her, but he let her in right behind her was her black professor who was trying to get through, but she couldn't find her ID in her bag. It took her a little while and the the security guard wouldn't let her go through because I need to see your ID. So you're going to have to wait, hold up the line until you show me your ID. And Miranda took it upon herself to say, this is unfair. You need to stop this. She's a credible person. She's my professor. And you barely looked at my ID when I showed you it. And look, that was a real point. Um, What I noticed, though, as soon as they finally let her through, the black professor, she said to Miranda, like, you know, I appreciate that, but you don't have to do that. Like, I don't need a white savior moment and it's not a big deal and she was like dismissing it off and I think that really is testament of how racism or just bias racism or uh yeah racial bias and subtle examples of racism is shown in everyday life and I think that was a nice moment as well but um I noticed how the black professor her name is Dr. Something on the show she was so quick to dismiss Miranda's efforts and I think Miranda's efforts to quote-unquote save her it was genuine um but she was quick to dismiss Miranda by saying oh I don't need you to play this white savior role and she specifically said that which is a common thing that is described for white people who try to interfere and advocate for on behalf of black people who are discriminated against, which is like, you know, at what point there should be some appreciation shown like, okay, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to call out the bullshit and call out the privilege and the racism and and discrimination that is shown. Right. I do appreciate that. So I didn't like how Dr. So-and-so decided to just dismiss it. But I think it's also a testament to how quickly black people are dismissive of just the everyday examples of racism and bias in this world against black people so I felt like that was just a real moment of even though you're really trying to help me and you're 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 genuine with your with your act I don't want you to think that you're my savior so this is immediate defensiveness going on but I thought it was a real moment I thought it was a real moment but yeah that's just an example of how propaganda and this new agenda is being pushed upon us. There was another, like this, the list goes on y'all. I don't even have time to go over every little example, but there's, let me just go over a few more. So there's one more, 
of this casual weed smoking going on. And we know that weed is becoming more and more legal here in the States. And, you know, I just feel conflicted about it as far as, you know, what what type of what type of agenda is being pushed with that? Like, it sucks because you have so many people locked up from uh, drug dealing, from being drug addicts, and they're still serving a sentence. While you have places like Denver, Colorado, you have places in New York that is legalizing, if not already legalized, weed. And it's just, how do we get to a point where weed is legalized, yet there are people still serving sentences for selling weed? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. So I feel like if we're going to legalize it, then we should free those in jail who have been sentenced solely based off of weed, whether it's selling weed, whether it's been caught with a bag of weed. Um, It just sucks. So I hate that. And when we on this show, there's examples of Shay, the podcast producer who I was just talking about. She is walking around with her weed stick. And it's not even like actual, you know, it's not a joint. It's this it's this like little machine thing that's like a portable smoker that you could it's electrical. It's, a, it's like electrical smoker and then you put weed in it and she's just smoking it all about in the elevator, in the funeral home of Mr. Big, um, in like just in buildings. And I'm just thinking to myself, how do we get here? How do we fucking get here? It just reminds me of Dope Sick, that Hulu show I was talking about before, how all these like big companies, big pharma, these sales uh, representative, they get away with selling drugs. They do it in a legal way, quote unquote, even though it's illegal, really. But they find a way to uh, just kind of go around the system. And it's unfair because you have so many people locked up for doing the very same thing. It's just it really grinds my gears. So that sucks. Um, That's one example. So it's like, okay, what are we trying to push here? Where it's like rubbing it in people's faces of all the people who have been uh, incarcerated for this very thing that you're smoking in the elevator now and you're doing it so casually. Like she off not offered, she gave Miranda's son, Brady, who is 17, sure he's almost legal, but it's like, why are you just freely giving away your your drug to people around you? Like if you're gonna be a pothead, and this is what I hate about potheads, if you're gonna be a pothead, be a pothead by yourself. Like you don't have to influence others or engage others into your potheadedness. Like let that not be a thing. And this ex- this that moment when Shay was at the funeral for Mr. Big and she was outside with Brady and she's smoking with him. It's like, first of all, he's a kid. And that's what I also feel like is, is another pushed agenda from the LGBTQIA plus community. You have them just trying to normalize every little thing. Next thing you know, is going to be MAP. Remember that uh, acronym I talked about previously? <sighs> Let's move on to another example. So no sex shaming minors. So this is what I wrote down here because Brady, who is Miranda's 17 year old son, who is a genuine redhead. First of all, can we talk about Miranda not being a redhead anymore? I get it that they're older, but like, damn, her gray came in hard. And I felt like they're purposely trying to make 
these characters, these actors look older than they should be. Like, I don't think they needed to look that old. Like, I get it. It's been 17 years since the series um, and a few years since the last two movies. But they're not, like, coming to their 60s. They should be in their early 50s, I feel like. And uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm I'm thinking too, uh, too stoically, I guess. Maybe I'm not realizing the truth in their age. But damn, <laughs> they didn't. Need, they did not need to make Miranda look so damn old like that. Like, come on. They could have left some red in her hair. But anyway, um, her her son, 17 year old son Brady, is sexually active and he's very much open with it. And he's still living in their home. Um, but he has his girlfriend stay with her, stay with them and they stay in the same room and they're just having sex upon sex upon sex, a lot as hell in their parents' home. And I just think like, what's going on here? And then you have, um, I forgot Miranda's husband's name. Oh my God. Uh, oh, I forgot his name, but they, you have him just like not caring because, one of his ears lost hearing, which sucks. <laughs> like, wh- he's that old already that he lost hearing in one of his ears. Like, I feel like they're, like, forcing it with this old shit. But anyway, he lost hearing in one of his ears, and he can't hear the sex as much as Miranda can. It's just ridiculous. But they're just okay with him having sex upon sex in their home. And I think it's just disrespectful. Like, okay, sure, face it there are teenagers having sex and he he's in a relationship he has a girlfriend so it's not like he's having sex with multiple women that's fine but I I just feel like uh it's just inappropriate you're in your parents home and you should not normalize this I feel like it's just weird and I think this is another agenda here and this agenda specific is to normalize and push sex uh to push minors having sex and he's still a minor he's under 18 he's 17 and he's having sex upon sex upon sex and they're making it seem like it's a normal thing like it's natural and look I get it he's hormonal he is a young boy so sure it is natural but I don't feel like it should be normalized the way that it was like it's just there was no respect to the fact that my parents are in the other room yet Brady is just going at it it's just really disturbing to me so I don't like that I really don't like that and um I don't know I don't know of course I'm gonna continue watching (laughs) because I was so hyped about this series and I I definitely want to see where they take it um, and see where it goes. I was reading something on Reddit, on the Reddit page of And Just Like That, and they said how big in his death may reveal, or he may not like supernaturally reveal it, but Carrie may find out after the death of Mr. Big that Mr. Big has untold secrets that she learned, and she may realize that she she didn't know who, who she was married to. Like, I wonder if they'll take it there. I'm really excited to see what that looks like because you can't just end that that epic scene um, with no more reference to Mr. Big. I feel like we're going to learn a little bit more about Mr. Big even in his death, 
even in his character's death. And we know that we're seeing that Miranda is is a little alky. <laughs> the bitch is drinking at 11 in the morning. Um, she's aggressive with it. Like, she needs to have her first drink. It's just really strange. So we'll see where that came from. Like, where did that come from? Like, nowhere in the series or in the movies did we see moments of Miranda not having things in control, not having things together. So I wonder where this alcoholism comes from. Because, you know, every, with, a, with every addiction, it comes from a place of insecurity. It comes from a place of lack of control. And I wonder where she feels that. So I'm excited to see where that unfolds. Um, there's one more thing I was going to say. I'm excited to see where that unfolds. Um, I can't remember. But, oh, uh, and just like, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. But, yeah, I'm going to keep on watching to see where things go. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to keep on conversing about it as I always do. I need to get it off my chest. But, yeah, I'm just disappointed that they, they, that they killed off Mr. Big um it just it just sucks like they have these stolen moments and it just sucks it sucks so anyway i'm gonna go ahead and end it off here thank you for tuning in to another podmas episode and i'll check in with you guys tomorrow (laughs) 